stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's Director of Research, Shiraz Mian, who is our earnings guru, to talk about, of course, earnings. And a lot's going on with earnings right now. We're about to enter into the first quarter earnings season. And believe it or not, earnings do actually matter. Sorry to tell you, all those GameStop investors, but they do normally matter. And a lot is going on with them. So Shiraz, it, it looks like it's a real bullish like situation right here with the earnings. I don't remember the last time they were up like the double digits year over year, except for the tax, the tax cut time period. That's, right. That's when we That's saw right. those like huge gains year over year. And everybody's like, oh, it's just because the tax cuts, it's not like quote unquote real. But this is similar sizes, but we are coming off of, you know, the bad earnings from last year, at least at the start of last year, right when COVID hit. So where yeah. do we kind of stand? So, so just a brief comment. You mentioned the GameStop uh, yeah. fan, and to them, GameStop is scheduled to report earnings today after the close. I know. Uh, so I'm not sure how much GameStop earnings matter to GameStop stock, but to the rest of the market uh, and the rest of the stock market, uh, they do matter. Uh, yeah. So yes, double-digit growth, uh, in Q1, uh, uh, even crazier growth uh, in the June quarter, uh, and all of that continues in the second half too. But just to put things in context a little bit, Tracy, we have to remember uh, that these are year-over-year comparisons, and even though Q1 20 uh, wasn't completely uh, washed in COVID as Q2 was, right. uh, the March, the month of March was, and yeah. finance is such a big contributor to overall earnings, and uh, all the big banks had taken uh, the uh, the loan last reserves, booked huge amounts of right. those. So, yeah. so there's there's that's right. So there's this comparisons issue. Which is which is helpful, but beyond that basic arithmetic, there is some genuine improvement in the earnings outlook. Uh, we see that in technology, we see that in energy, we see that in a variety of the cyclical sectors where there is clear momentum in underlying business trends, and uh, uh, that is showing up in estimates. Yeah, one of the areas I was looking at for first quarter that you talked about in your earnings outlook pieces was in technology. And I was surprised to see that it's expected to be up this first quarter 21.8%. Yes. And I, I didn't think even if, you know, it had a partial COVID hit or whatever, even, but tech really didn't have as badly as a hit. And then to see that one still up 21.8 is is pretty impressive. It is. Uh, in fact, uh, technology uh, off the big sectors was the least 
negatively affected by COVID. Okay. That's what uh, I would, yeah. Yes. So, so there were patches, uh, uh, as, as we all know, uh, technology is a very broad area and there are some parts uh, that are more kind of economically sensitive uh, and then others that have a lot positive going on. So all these digital sales and AI and and semiconductors and, uh, and all of that has been booming for some time and that actually got a boost from, from COVID. Uh, and then parts of the technology space that depends on conventional spending on on hardware and other uh, uh, other material like that that has been uh, weakened uh, by COVID, but that's been such a uh, such a shrinking space of the broader technology pie. Uh, the growth has been on the on the cloud side, on the uh, on the digital side, and uh, that part of the business has been booming. Yeah. Now you also say that. 10 of 16 sectors are up in the last three months, and it's led by autos and energy, which have both doubled in that time. But then energy is still expected to be down 7.9% year over year. But is that because of how horrible it was a year ago? And energy has just been struggling for quite some time anyways. So even down 7.9 is still a huge improvement, it sounds like. That's right. Yes. So, uh, uh, so yes, energy was one of the uh, uh, one of the badly hit uh, areas. Not as badly hit as transportation is, or as discretionary was, but still, uh, yeah. uh, demand practically uh, evaporated uh, in uh, in Q2 last year, particularly in, towards the end of Q1. But the more impressive development on the energy front has been the momentum in commodity prices. And, uh, and not only has oil prices uh, uh, recouped a big chunk of what they lost, uh, but demand outlook is improving. Uh, the uh, demand for refined product is improving. And uh, a whole bunch of the industries where uh, crude products uh, get used as feedstocks in the chemicals and all the other economically sensitive areas, uh, the outlook for those areas has been steadily improving too. So uh, the, uh, a big reason for uh, the, uh, the, the optimism on the energy side is how strong the positive revisions trend has been. Okay. Uh, uh, and that's a uh, and that's a comment on the auto sector as well. Uh, many of us did not see how strong the demand on the auto side uh, has turned out to be. I guess we shouldn't be surprised, but yeah. uh, it wasn't in the estimates, and uh, and that has uh, that has started showing up both for Q1 as well as for uh, the coming quarters. Does the auto sector for us here at Zacks is that the manufacturers and the parts guys? Does it also include like the retail side, or is the auto retailers in retail? Uh, the auto retail is in retail. Uh, we have have uh, all the uh, different 
uh, original equipment manufacturers or the major uh, the, uh, the, the 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 major uh, uh, automobile okay. makers, truck makers, and then everyone that supplies to them. Okay. Uh, okay. That's in the uh, uh, that's in the auto area. So that'll include, in addition to to parts, we'll have the tire makers and everyone involved in the uh, in the supply chain. Okay. Um, finance is expected to be at forty five point nine percent, and but now that you've uh, mentioned about the reserves that they had to put into place a year ago, maybe that's not as good as it seems, or is it? Uh, it is actually. So, so yeah. there is the the simple explanation of the the uh, the base effect. So the year earlier period was pulled down by those unusual reserve bookings. So the comparison uh, to this first quarter, which is a a more normal period, uh, looks better. Uh, But uh, all this uh, chatter in the market, uh, the fascination with the steepening yield curve, the, uh, the, the, the longer end of the treasury yield curve, uh, going up, that is a directly beneficial development to the financials in general and the banks uh, in particular. Uh, it's it's a direct boost to their margins. So uh, uh, estimates for the financials have been going up because the margin outlook for financials has been improving as uh, as the ten year yield has been going up. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen this many banks as Zach's number one ranks, like the kind of smaller community and regional banks that we have ranks on. There's like dozens of them as number one. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. The outlook, uh, even though uh, even though the the uh, the top line, the revenue outlook uh, is very closely tied to the economy and the outlook for the economy is improving uh, quite a bit, too. Uh, but the big positive for banks is on the margin side. As these interest rates go up, uh, uh, every new loan uh, that they are making uh, is bringing in more money for them uh, than it was a year ago. Yeah. So where is the weakness in the first quarter? Is there any? Yes. So uh, transportation still remains problematic. And... uh, uh, air transportation is a big part of our transportation sector. As, as you know, uh, we do have a standalone transportation sector, which which helps us uh, look at this granular level uh, trend and development, unlike the uh, conventional uh, placement of transportation in the industrial services area. So uh, transportation is still hurting a lot. Uh, the outlook for uh, the uh, railroads and the uh, uh, the trucking is is good uh, and uh, it's it's tied to the, uh, the the trends in the broader economy, uh, but the air travel uh, is 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 still a, a big constrained part of it, and uh, that remains very weak. And then discretionary. Okay. Uh, uh, discretionary has a big component in these uh, hotels, casinos, uh, uh, and all that kind of businesses. And uh, that's, 
again, very closely tied to uh, to travel and leisure and hospitality. Uh, and uh, though the outlook for those businesses has improved, and we see that in the stock prices, the actual nuts and bolts of their profitability is still pretty bad. Yeah, I've been warning people about like the hotel stocks in particular. They've had huge runs off those March lows of a year ago. And, you know, as soon as the vaccine was announced in November, they took off again. And everybody thought, oh, the worst is over. But like the valuations are are super stretched and kind of insane because they're still losing money every month. Even sure. They're still burning cash with no real indication of when they might go cash flow positive still. Sure. And the, the stocks have just a lot of them have retaken their pre-COVID highs, but the earnings aren't anywhere near what that's they right. So I feel like that's a little danger zone for those. If you aren't already in that trade, if you already didn't get in like six months ago, I feel it's too late. People should be waiting on those. That's um, right. Okay. And one brief comment on that, Tracy. The, yeah. It's, we, we tend to kind of lump everybody in the same in the same trade, so reopening good for leisure hospitality, uh, everybody gets lumped into that on the downside as well as on the upside. So an air carrier that's more domestic and would benefit as we uh, reopen uh, more is uh, perhaps uh, makes a lot more sense than someone that's uh, more international oriented, uh, more geared towards business travel, because that will be uh, a lot slower in coming back to normal. Uh, so, so, okay. so not all of these players uh, benefit to the same extent from the reopening trade as uh, as 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 the market action seems to suggest. So. Um, it sounds like you're basically indicating that an investor would be better off buying like a Southwest or a Spirit Airlines or sure. Alaska maybe um, right. versus a United or a Delta that has a lot of international routes. Exactly. So uh, so the international travel is we are hearing all these headlines about how the, uh, the, the, the vaccination rollout uh, in Europe and in other parts of the world is a lot slower than uh, it is in, in the U.S. Uh, and that will have knock-on effects on how, how quickly they can reopen. And, uh, uh, but even beyond reopening, uh, there is this, this, this emerging uh, thinking that perhaps business travel uh, will take a lot longer yeah. Uh, than then was the case. We, uh, even though of all the negatives, we all have internally developed against Zoom calls and everything. <laughs> it is a far more efficient way uh, and simpler way of doing business than traveling across the world for a single meeting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, what do you think about the plays like Zoom, the pandemic plays that were huge? last year in 2020, and now they've taken a bit of a hit now that the vaccine is rolling out and people are thinking about the recovery, but it sounds like maybe the good times might not be over in some of those pandemic plays. Yes, so so we need to see the other side 
uh, after pandemic, and uh, and we need to to see some measure of normalcy return, and then uh, we evaluate uh, how much we value these services. Uh, I I strongly feel that a lot of these services that we relied on heavily uh, during the lockdowns will be with us uh, on the other side. And it's, it's, it, it isn't just a, a one-time phenomenon, but the magnitude of that demand uh, needs to be uh, test-driven and stress-tested. And, and I don't think we are, none of us is in any position to know definitively to what extent we'll be, we'll be relying on that. But I strongly feel we will be relying on it. Yeah, Zoom, Zoom video, which is ticker ZM. Always remember, it's not, it's not the other one. I won't say what that one is. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's ZM. They had a 52-week high of $588, and they're down to 342 right now. So that's a pretty big pullback there. Yes. So we'll yeah. see what's going yeah. forward. I mean, a lot of the. A lot of the traders have just taken their gains and gotten out of there. But um, yeah, like a lot of those kinds of plays are going to be interesting. What about on the retail side of the pandemic and what those estimates are looking at? Like I took a look at Amazon because obviously that was a big pandemic play and their earnings growth looks like phenomenal going forward, even this year up another 18%, and then next year expected to be 37% for just earnings growth. But then I took a look at Target, and that's expected to decline 8.8% this coming fiscal year. So what should I be thinking about some of these like retail pandemic plays now? So uh, so the, there, is a, there is a distinction uh, in the broader retail space, uh, I think the, the the smarter thing to do would be uh, that companies uh, that were that were deemed non-essential and were down uh, because no business, and uh, that forced them to go digital and make those changes that in normal uh, circumstances would have taken them years yeah. uh, ended up being executed in a matter of months. Uh, now would be the time uh, for those companies to benefit from those so, investments. Like, so, who would be an example of that? Like, are so, you talking about like a Dick Sporting Good that had uh, some digital, but then their stores all shut down, and then we all had to order online from Dick's, and now now their digital is is much better and more efficient, or even like a Macy's that had to do the same thing. Exactly. So, so yes, yes to both of them. Okay. And I think the the more interesting opportunities uh, could be in the likes of Macy's, uh, because uh, one could envision uh, them uh, being such a bellwether for traditional department store shopping experience. Uh, even though the digital experience and the uh, what we encountered during the lockdowns was was comfortable and, and efficient, uh, there may be uh, a, a huge pent up demand for just going in the stores. 
and uh, and sampling and going back to how life used to be type of stuff. Uh, and to the extent that these companies have a relatively uh, stable financial uh, profiles and uh, they uh, were able to make investments in the digital side of their business uh, and have uh, a good enough uh, physical footprint uh, complementing that, uh, these these companies could be uh, strong beneficiaries of that. A Target, a Walmart, a Costco, uh, who were deemed uh, uh, as uh, essential and uh, got a huge boost uh, in, uh, in, in their business as a result of that, uh, obviously will have some fall off in that business. Yeah. So, uh, so the outlook for them is still very strong. Uh, they uh, ended up making huge investments in the digital experience too, and a number of them have really uh, uh, come out uh, with uh, with compelling digital uh, offerings uh, that could stand their own vis-a-vis an Amazon or uh, another digital only kind of player, but. Uh, uh, they, they they will have relatively uh, uh, more competition on the other side uh, compared to what they had last year. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm not super excited to go to like a supermarket or any of those kinds of things right now, sure. like a Walmart or a Target, but I would be excited to go to like the shopping mall and into some of those stores like the Gap or or a Macy's again, and just kind of like wander the aisles. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the uh, the uh, the the type of experiences that we missed during the lockdowns. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's that's an easy uh, urge to satisfy once uh, once we don't have uh, as much fear about the uh, uh, about the pandemic as as we had in the past. Yeah. So what do you think about the shopping mall stocks? If we're going to talk about, you know, doing the experience, those have had big recoveries already, but could they see further? I'm taking a look like at like Maserick. They own a lot of the big kind of lifestyle malls that people know that like Macy's are in and they're expected to have no earnings growth this year. But coming off of last year, I guess that's not a bad deal for some of them. Um, But I've been watching these for a while and these kind of remind me of the same scenario as what's happening with the hotel stocks, but Maserick still only has a PE of six right now. Yeah. So I I would think there should be opportunities. I don't know specifically about that. uh, but I would think there should be opportunities in the REIT space. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the issues that came to the front during COVID uh, are related to the, uh, the brick and mortar and the traditional retail space had been in play for years ahead of the yes. pandemic. So, uh, so, so none of those issues were new. There were a whole bunch of traditional retailers that were uh, going out of business and were experiencing uh, steadily uh, declining uh, traffic and footfall. Uh, So all of those 
are or had been uh, priced in and reflected in their in their market values already. Uh, to the extent that some of these players have the financial capability to stick around uh, and uh, withstand some period of of, of limited profitability, uh, I, I can't imagine traditional retail all disappearing. Uh, there will be retail, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the, uh, the the need and the desire for uh, to go into a store and browse and, and spend yeah. some time there. Uh, uh, and then obviously the secular trends that had been in place pre-COVID and were accelerated during the lockdowns will remain with us post-COVID as well. Uh, a lot of the things that we have become used to shopping online uh, will probably just, we will stick with that. And that's probably a benefit to an Amazon or uh, a Walmart or any other player uh, that we uh, we relied on uh, over the past year. Yeah. Um, let's wrap it up with energy. What do you see any opportunities there, given the big gains in a lot of those stocks? But you know, earnings still kind of making a comeback here. Can can you know investors still get into any of those? And do you still like Chevron? Because that's always been your favorite. Whenever I've had yes. you on. Um, and they're still paying that 5% dividend at Chevron. Yes, I, I, I think there's, there's still opportunities in energy. And yes, I still like Chevron. Uh, it's, it's such a smaller uh, slice of the broader uh, market pie uh, that uh, I feel that uh, most investors are underexposed to the area. And uh, uh, one could uh, get a little fancy and, and take risks uh, in, in terms of the EMPs and the service players. But yeah. a, a company like Chevron is, is, is totally uh, a, a much safer way to have energy sector exposure. Uh, I, uh, I buy into all the, uh, the conversation about carbon and environmental issues and all of that, but that's years in the future. Right. Uh, we will be relying on these traditional energy companies for, uh, for, for a long, long time. And, uh, and these are very well-run companies. They have uh, impressive returns on invested capital. Uh, they pay good, stable, uh, juicy dividends. And uh, uh, obviously, just some small portion of the portfolio uh, being in the space makes perfect sense from a diversification standpoint as well. Yeah. Okay. So we we do have reasons to be bullish, it sounds like, going through the rest of this year. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, the, the outlook, look, earnings at the end of the day uh, come from uh, GDP growth, economic growth, and then uh, and then margins and uh, margins were hit hard by the pandemic and GDP growth was hit hard by the pandemic. And the outlook for economic growth for the U.S. economy uh, is uh, in the vicinity of how we used to see for emerging markets. So I 
I, I'm reading estimates for Q2 that are in double digits for the U.S. economy. We have never seen those kind of estimates before. Yeah. Uh, the government is planning on or at least talking about uh, uh, more spending on infrastructure and other parts of the economy that should sustain uh, the growth momentum beyond 2021 and 22. And all of that is positive for earnings. So. Uh, there, there's a lot to be uh, to, to be uh, to be optimistic and favorable uh, about the market as a whole. Okay, well, this sounds good. Um, I probably will have you back on later on in the year so we can kind of see wh- how it's all turning out, and hopefully, it, it does have this bullish trajectory. It, it seems like it will. So this sure. could be um, one of the record record years, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I strongly feel that the revisions trend, the positive revisions trend uh, has not fully run its course. And as estimates for the economy uh, ratchet up, we'll see earnings estimates follow that uh, in the coming weeks and months. Okay. So if you're interested in earnings season, be sure to check out Shiraz's earnings uh, trends reports, they're on Zax.com every week. You can check out what, what it looks like for earnings season on there. You can also look at just our earnings page. We have a whole tab which tells you everything that's going on during earnings season, including the big surprises. And you can also tune in to my earnings all-star videos. I'm going to be starting those up again when first quarter earnings season starts up about mid-April. So we'll be covering everything going on with earnings here at Zacks, and we'll be having more podcasts. So be sure to follow us or get the podcast somewhere. The Zacks Market Edge is on Apple Podcasts. It's also on uh, Spotify. We're on Amazon Music now. I know not many are over there, but you can get us on Amazon Music if you can't find us somewhere else. Get us there. But um, let me recap the tickers again so that you know kind of what we talked about on this episode. So we did talk about some of the airlines. Southwest Airlines is L-U-V. United is U-A-L. Delta is D-A-L. Spirit, uh, one of the domestic flyers, is SAVE, S-A-V-E. Zoom Video is Z-M, not the other one, Z-M. Amazon, A-M-Z-N, of course. Target, T-G-T. We talked about Dick's briefly, Dick's Sporting Goods, DKS, Macy's is just M. Maserick is the uh, mall operator, MAC, and Chevron in Energy, CVX. So uh, be sure to subscribe again, and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.